Welcome to Stance for Health podcast with Dr. Rod and Karen Wirth, where becoming healthy is not complicated. Control your health by focusing on six areas of life that we teach you so you finally have the energy you want, have to do what you want instead of being a victim of your age. I have over 20 years experience working as a chiropractor and Karen is a author, speaker, and longevity coach. We've seen how a tiny change in your habits today can open up your life to a powerful future. Start today and take your stance for health. Welcome to Stance for Health. This is Karen Sebastian Worth, and I am here with Dr. Rodney. And we have a, a great topic today. We're going to be talking about novel or unusual ways to change pain patterns. And recently, we've been talking about aging and longevity and just the assumption that you're going to have certain symptoms as you age. Dr. Rodney, what do you hear from the patients, for example, about, well, I'm older, so I can expect fill in the blank? Oh, wow. So good. A lot of folks will think that their memory will change. Oh, yeah. That their where the joint hurts is where the where the problem is. Oh, yeah, that they're going to have joint pain. Yeah, that they're yeah. going to have to do some kind of a cholesterol drug or blood pressure drug. Right. And all of those, ironically, all of those things contribute to whole body um, sense of pain. Because, wow. of how, because of how it affects your gut and then, therefore, your brain. So all of these things we're finding are just so connected. Mm. And today we're going to talk more, more about from a report about rheumatology and, it, and specifically osteoarthritis in the joints. And right now, as it stands, the 10th contributor to disability is Arthur. Uh, not Arthur, <laughs> my Arthur, osteoarthritis, but that's just not inevitable. And I guess that's the point that I want to make with this, that there's other ways to change the pain patterns, because what do most people do to cope with that pain? Mo, I, I think that it's pretty obvious. I mean, the, we just listen to the advertisements and, and trust that that's the way to do it and that there's no consequences for it or the consequences are mild or... For pain meds? Not at all. Yeah, we just we just use whatever the latest, greatest advertisement is. I mean, and especially I, I, over the counter. Yeah, because that's so funny you say that because there's, a, there's a, not necessarily a difference in effect with... Uh, basically osteoarthritis or some form of it. When you think of that, you think of degenerative joint disease and its treatment with prescribed meds versus over-the-counter meds. They both have effect on your whole body, your gut, your liver, and in a lot of cases, your kidneys. Yeah. Depends on, depends on what your drug of choice is. And so many people that we talk to about that say, Oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Do you have how do you how are you coping? Do you have pain? Oh well, I wake up with it, but I just grab five Aleve, and I mean I don't yeah. want to say just the specific name, but I just grab five of the favorites, whatever they can get over the counter, and they take it like candy, like it's not going to have any any effect. So I I think that if I was 
hearing that, I would ha- and and people were looking for the difference between prescribed meds and over the counter meds is how strong is it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so so I've over the counter doesn't work anymore. So now I need something fill in the blank. Is it, usually it's stronger or more mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. It's like I need I need a doctor to watch this, and now we're on our way to either a joint replacement or some kind of surgery, right? Isn't that, isn't that the typical? And that's considered normal aging. Yeah, by, by a lot of people. And most people you talk to on the street, that's, that's kind of how we think of it, isn't it? Unfortunately. So let's talk about some good news because we've given you the yeah. bad news. Yeah. Is that bad news, good news. Good news right. is. Well, there's a, here's, here's, somebody said once that if, if you don't know there are alternatives, Ooh. then there are none. You, we got, we're just giving you alternatives so that you know that there are some so that you can choose them if you want to. And these are non-pharmacological. That's a big word. Therapeutics. <laughs> They're not, you don't have to go to the pharmacy to buy them. And so you, the main one we're going to talk about today is the vagus nerve stimulation. So let's talk about that vagus nerve. Okay. Well, if we're just talking about raw anatomy here, then where is the vagus nerve? Well, it enters and exits by way of the the skull on its own because it's a cranial nerve. That's how you, when you that. think of cranial nerves, mm-hmm. that's how you should think of them. Is mm-hmm. It's got its own little place in the skull where it in comes in, stem, goes right? in and out. Yes. Yeah. So it does plug in to the brain stem very close to the medulla oblongata, and some other and cranial nerve 11 so 10 and 11 are really close to each other and so it's really close if you just put your fingers like behind your jaw and uh, really close to your ear just about like the top of your neck you can actually just imagine just above that that's where the vagus nerve originates wow physiologically in other words functionally the way that it actually triggers things in your body is that it bathes all of your major organs in parasympathetic information. What do I mean by that? It's a, it's a huge, in fact, it's probably the largest contributor of rest and digest or fight or flight. It kind of gets turned on or off depending on what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so it'll either, uh, in terms of regulation, it'll turn it on and turn it up or turn it down uh, or the regulation will will change to a, a more relaxed position, which is really what it, it it predominates. It does that most of the time. Okay, so the parasympathetic is for the autonomic, the things that it's happen part of the on, on, so automatically. That, yeah, and the research in the article that we're reviewing showed that its effect lessens with acute nociceptive pain. And so I've heard that word nociceptive a lot. And so I looked it up. It's caused by injury, physical pressure, or inflammation. So when those things are, that pain is there, there's your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, you have a higher respiration rate, and your digestion slows down. So it sounds like it really, that pain does affect the the whole body then because of the sense of threat exactly and when you have a sense of threat that's stimulating sympathetics as opposed to Which parasympathetics or yeah or fun okay yeah 
The other part about the vagus nerve is it's real tight into the gut. Tell us more about that. Mm, that's great. Yeah, it's so you have all these organs of involvement here. You and there's several branches. The not the least of which is is the several million neurons. In fact, some some count as high as a hundred million neurons in the gut lining the in and around the, the large intestines and small intestines, you have neurons. Yes, that's right, neurons, very much like having a brain down there. Some call it the second brain. Yeah. Some call it the first brain. Right, because if you've ever had a gut feeling that was right, you may have people say, well, gosh, that, I wish I just would have listened to my gut. What do you mean? That is what you mean. And the vagus nerve actually has connection to those neurons and basically what your brain is doing is checking with the gut along with the amygdala and the limbic system to see if it should be something that is historically threatening to you. Wow. So the vagus nerve then sends that signal to the gut that yes. says, regulate the production and absorption of nutrients. And yeah. You might even have to shut it down if it's if it's time to get out of there. Right. 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 Cortisol puts men in that state for about three hours, and women can shut that down in a matter of minutes. Really? Yes. I didn't know there was a difference there. There is a difference. <laughs> and then also the vagus nerve helps with the diversity of gut, the gut microbiota. So, so what you've talking about, it's really important for that altered microbiome and to have that happening. What I find so interesting in this stu- this particular study is that You have osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, chronic low back pain, Crohn's disease, hypertension, diabetes. They all show a disrupted autonomic nervous system. So talking about these serious conditions and symptoms, how can the vagus nerve help with that disruption to the autonomic nervous system? You look at it as a gift in a way, right? Because if your body is saying there's pain somewhere, it's because it's saying to you that something needs to change or that something has changed rapidly or that something that favorable has changed, right? That's, that's where pain is your friend can also tell you that you're on the right track when it starts to diminish, okay? Well, let's just, for the sake of our topic, let's say that you're not quite sure where the source of pain is coming from. There's some fairly easy things that you can do to listen to your vagus nerve. One of them is, let's consider how connected the vagus nerve is to your lower gut, to your gut. We talked about that 100 million neurons what if those 100 million neurons are all irritated by, or let's say, inflammatory foods or a lack of good, healthy bacteria? That's going to be a source of threat. Oh, your that is so good. Brain's going to, your brain's going to receive that, and the amygdala is going to say, in your limbic system, in your brain, is going to say there's something going on down there. Right. And I love what you said, that pain is your friend. Because our goal is to not have any pain and instead of going to the source, just to pop something 
quickly that'll mm-hmm. just take it away and then we don't ever get to the source. So you're saying the food that we eat, whether we're getting the pre and the probiotics, maybe even chewing your food thoroughly, slowing down when you eat and make it about the food and enjoying it and savoring it. I like that. That's one of those things you could actually drill down a little bit deeper. When you're chewing your food longer, you're stimulating your vagus nerve, but you're also on a physical, physiological level, not just the mastication, the chewing, of the stimulation of the vagus nerve, but you're also putting a lot of good digestive enzymes in there, salivary amylase for one. It's actually helping you digest the carbs oh, that's that, that so you good. have in your mouth, especially, assuming they're good carbs, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've gotten in trouble for this, especially as a kid at the Thanksgiving family <laughs> uh, dinner that was a little bit tense. But humming and singing also stimulate the, the vagus nerve. I got kicked under the table by my sister because <laughs> I was because mm-hmm, it was we were at some aunts and uncles and a little bit tense, and so I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and then what followed after that, and what we're talking about, even laughter. Yes, because that's getting all of that to to work together. And pressing, pressing down the tongue, pushing your tongue up against the roof of your mouth okay. is, has a similar effect. Okay. Uh, it actually stimulates the vagus nerve. There's, really, there's some also stimulates cranial nerve 12, hypoglossal nerve, right? So it's all of these things have to do with good posture too. Yes, right? they do. Yes. What about just positive self-talk when you encourage each other and yourself in the Lord. Yes. And stretches are really important. Yeah. Mindful, and we're going to talk about that next, but uh, light abdominal massage, and that's something that every time that patients come to see us here at Stance Chiropractic, they get the benefit of a percussor and we put them on a vibration plate and those gentle movements really do help stimulate that vagus nerve and without going into a ton of detail my skill set is chiropractic i mentioned earlier where the vagus nerve is relative to you know the bones of your spine and it's right under your head and just above that is where the vagus nerve the starts and then exits the cranial vault on its own from there, all the way down to the gut, all the way, all the way down to, to where waste is is eliminated. So, a lot of times people go, well, what does a chiropractic adjustment do there? It takes tension off of the what's called the dentate ligaments. And why do they say dentate? Because they look like teeth, but they're like little guy wires that that help hold your spinal cord in place, right? And so there's, if, if you've heard of meningitis, mm-hmm. okay, the meninges are actually the things that one of them is a bag, that's the dura mater, and then the pia mater is what's intimately associated with the spine, uh, the spinal cord in the brain. It's right up against it. And then the arachnoid is, that's where we're talking about dentoid, dentate ligaments. It's actually part of the meninges that has has greater number at this level where I'm talking about adjusting you C1, C2, and so on than anywhere else in the spine and spinal cord. 
So that that tension or pressure is only has to only be the weight of a dime to reduce function up to 60%. That's amazing. And so we're talking about higher brain functions being disrupted without you really knowing it. Now, will you know eventually that that's been a problem? Yes, because of dysfunction by hazy thoughts, by any number of symptoms, but not the least like of which... Like the brain fog people yeah. talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this or not, but the, you know, the, her her dad, Karen's dad, uh, when I had adjusted him, he really thought that by adjusting him, it actually helped his bowel movements, because yeah, it yes, very sir. well could. It does affect all the way down yeah, to the yeah. to the uh, rectum and gets everything moving. Yes, the second major way to novel way to deal with pain is through mindfulness activities that's prayer and meditation and the mindfulness activities that actually assist in managing the pain and it lowers pain perception and reduces stress so that's uh, slow stretches and uh, gratitude activities where you're expressing your your gratefulness for the blessings that you have and it basically brings the cortisol down and rebalances the autonomic system. And so that's something we want to really encourage. And the third one is exercise. So how does exercise help with the, as a way to deal with pain? Movement and exercise. I, like to, I want to add movement in there, not just exercise. Some movement that I think we're talking about here is is passive movement. Because if you're doing passive movement, you're really, that there's a lot of good things about that that help tell your body that everything's okay. Oh, I like that. And stretching, stretching as part of exercise, you know, when you warm up and you don't exceed your body's ability mm-hmm. to adapt, in other words, you don't do an exercise that hurts at the time you're doing it, then that's beneficial because you're getting increased blood flow. You're getting macrophage activity. You're getting, uh, you're you're actually working on the, the immune system. You're stimulating the lymphatic system, and releasing all kinds of good hormones, that uh, including growth hormone that say this this body needs to recover. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of that can can contribute. I know that in the times when I've had pain. I've wanted to just find a comfortable spot and not move. And that's the worst that, that you can do. Yeah, because the muscles actually re- release a chemical that's a little bit like fertilizer for neurons. Really? Yeah. And so when you move, you're, you're actually helping your brain function. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So it's the simple things that we're talking about. And the, the list will be in the, the notes. This has been a really good topic. Yeah, and it's a good one. I love talking about ways that you can take your stance, stance for, health. for health. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us at Stance for Health podcast, where getting healthy and staying that way are not as complicated as you might think. Subscribe now and discover steps and small changes that can increase your energy and open the door to vibrant health and longevity. If this podcast has been helpful, please write a review. We'll see you next time.